From the Lake County Wine Grape Commission and UC Davis, this is The Vine Line, an in-depth look at issues that winemakers and grape growers face across California. In this episode, we take an in-depth look at canopy management with Con Cutterall, who is an extension specialist at the UC Extension Experimental Station in Oakville, California. At a forum held in Lake County, California in the spring of 2019, Cutterall focused on canopy management as a way to optimize crop load, yield efficiency, and sustainability. The canopy uh, generates the uh, crop load in uh, grapes, uh, whether it's like uh, table grapes, wine grapes, uh, grapes you grow for uh, concentrate, uh, or uh, raisins. Uh, the canopy is the uh, shoot system of the uh, grapevine, and the uh, shoot system of the uh, grapevine is made up of the uh, stems, the clusters, and the leaves. Collectively, uh, these do form the uh, microclimate of the uh, grapevine by the, uh, its uh, length, its height, its width or girth, uh, the uh, leaf area, shoot density, and the uh, leaf layer numbers will all collectively uh, interact with the uh, above ground climate to uh, affect the uh, canopy and then, uh, then the uh, you know, uh, resultant uh, intermediate uh, end product, which is the uh, berry. What do canopies do? Why do we need the uh, canopies? And uh, sometimes uh, we forget that uh, grapevines are uh, plants. The role of the canopies are to uh, fix carbon, and to uh, fix carbon, uh, uh, you know, we make uh, sugar. Light carbon dioxide will uh, go into the leaves. They will uh, act as the uh, source, and this uh, source will uh, move the uh, photoassimilates, which are mainly sugars, into the uh, berries after a certain point in uh, time in the uh, life cycle uh, in the current year. In this uh, work, uh, we uh, looked at the uh, development of uh, net carbon uh, assimilation, the net amount of uh, carbon uh, we put into the uh, grapevine system, whether uh, we had uh, you know, uh, less amount of leaves or more amount of leaves, and this is uh, what's uh, affecting uh, ripening rate. Ripening rate can be uh, measured uh, very easily. We do it uh, in our research situations uh, constantly. You guys do it as uh, growers constantly. It's a uh, amount of uh, bricks uh, you accumulate per day. So uh, ripening rate uh, will increase with the uh, more amount of uh, leaves you have that are uh, photosynthetically active. I want to point out that uh, exposure to uh, solar radiation is not necessary to reach maximum uh, skin anthocyanins. There's a mechanistic uh, relationship between the uh, time that uh, you start putting in uh, sugars in the uh, red grapes and the uh, time of uh, anthocyanin uh, biosynthesis. It's the same genes that uh, code for this. I know uh, you guys uh, just uh, went through a you know, horrible uh, fire season. Two years ago, we went through a horrible fire season in uh, Napa County. So uh, we had to evacuate our uh, lab for about uh, 16 days, and uh, you know we were bored. I mean, we weren't bored. Uh, you know, I just uh, I was paying salaries. I'm like, you guys got to do work. So we set up this uh, trial uh, where we had like green berries, and these green berries uh, we put into a two percent, four percent, eight percent, twelve percent, or sixteen percent of sucrose in complete darkness. As the concentration of uh, sucrose in these uh, petri dishes uh, increased, we started seeing the uh, you know uh, berries starting to color up. And under uh, complete uh, darkness, the uh, you know, berries uh, turn uh, essentially uh, completely uh, black. So I want to also point out that the uh, you know, uh, canopy porosity, increasing the uh, uh, canopy porosity, will decrease the uh, you know, uh, anthocyanin uh, amount uh, per berry. 
And this becomes uh, more uh, true when you look at uh, plants that have uh, diseases, such as the uh, red uh, blotch uh, disease. In this case, uh, we compared uh, 110R and uh, 420A uh, rootstock, uh, where uh, Cabernet was uh, grafted onto it. They either had uh, no red blotch or red blotch. You can see that the uh, you know diseased uh, grapevines do not make uh, enough sugar, and since they do not make enough sugar, they do not make uh, enough uh, anthocyanin. So there's this uh, relationship that I want you to keep in the back of your mind uh, uh, through rest of the uh, day. The photoassimilates uh, travel uh, within the plant. They are made in the uh, leaves, and uh, they will uh, move through the uh, shoot to the uh, you know uh, perennial uh, portions of the plant. This study is uh, you know uh, very simple, but it's one of the uh, you know uh, most uh, important uh, things uh, that we have to uh, you know keep in mind. You can uh, mechanically uh, disrupt the uh, flow of uh, photoassimilates, and our raisin growers and our table grape growers uh, have been doing this uh, for uh, centuries, and that's probably uh, why I left the uh, home ranch. I didn't want to do this in uh, Thompson Seedless. When you uh, girdle the uh, uh, grapes uh, right after like a fruit set, you can uh, reverse the uh, flow of uh, photoassimilates instead of uh, going down into the roots into the uh, berries. So you can uh, reverse the uh, flow depending on the uh, time of the year, and the uh, plant naturally uh, does that, and uh, girdling uh, can be done to uh, you know, uh, change the uh, flow of uh, assimilates within the plant. Mainly, uh, growers look at uh, leaf hair to fruit ratio or uh, crop load uh, index. These are uh, interchangeable. The, uh, on your uh, left is the uh, relationship of uh, leaf hair to uh, crop weight uh, ratio to a crop weight to a pruning ratio. This work was done at uh, Oakville on uh, two rootstocks. Here uh, they uh, assumed that uh, you know, uh, stuff uh, above uh, 10 would be overcrop and a uh, uh, crop load uh, index uh, below uh, 5 would be uh, undercrop. When you uh, transpose uh, this uh, to a leaf hair to crop weight ratio to uh, total soluble solids, the uh, researchers uh, showed that uh, you know, uh, this was uh, optimized right around like a, a 0.8 to uh, 1.2, but uh, normally uh, we say uh, 0.65 to uh, 1.3 uh, uh, square meters of uh, leaf area per unit of uh, fruit uh, harvested. But like I said, uh, these are uh, interchangeable. So yields in a grapevine. It's easy for me to say, uh, standing up here, uh, less drop, uh, less fruit, but it is not as uh, simple. So uh, you know, we see this in uh, you know North Coast uh, all the time. However, uh, there's the other uh, reality of the uh, situation where uh, you know, bulk of our uh, crush comes from. About 60% uh, of the uh, crush uh, will come uh, you know, within a 100 mile uh, uh, radius of uh, Fresno, and you have these uh, mega vineyards. In this case, uh, you know, crop load uh, uh, pounds of fruit to uh, pounds of uh, pruning weight ratio, when you uh, regress it onto uh, tons per acre, when your uh, economic uh, threshold is uh, 12 tons uh, to the acre, the uh, crop load uh, uh, ratio does not necessarily uh, work because uh, you're constantly under uh, economic uh, pressure to uh, push uh, enough uh, yield to uh, make ends meet. However, there is an apparent uh, trade-off between uh, yields and quality. This is not my uh, opinion. The source is the uh, Grape Crush Report. In our business, uh, there are uh, two models where we uh, use yield as a multiplier of our revenue or perceived uh, quality as a multiplier of our revenue. District X grows uh, 1.3 million tons at $300 a ton, and uh, they will gross about uh, $5,000 an acre. 
this district Y will raise hundred and forty thousand dollars, hundred and forty thousand tons at five thousand dollars a ton, grossing about uh, fifteen thousand three hundred dollars. So we set up this uh, work to look at the effects of uh, source sink ratios on uh, plant fitness. We wanted to see, like, uh, you know, how these uh, canopies uh, behave under uh, different uh, leaf to uh, fruit load uh, ratios. We wanted to see nitrogen use efficiency, partitioning of uh, nitrogen based on these uh, source sink ratios, shifts in phenology, berry composition, looking at primary and uh, secondary metabolites such as anthocyanins, volatile uh, aromas, and wine composition. More importantly, uh, we wanted to see the effects on our plant reserves on next year's uh, carryover effects, and uh, we wanted to look at the effects of these plant reserves that we measure as a, in the form of uh, starch on next year's uh, kinetics of uh, ripening. And of course, as an extension specialist, uh, uh, we extend this work uh, throughout California. So the work was then at our uh, experimental uh, vineyard. Uh, we're using a six by eight uh, uh, spaced uh, uh, clone uh, uh, seven of uh, Cabernet Sauvignon on a 110R. Uh, we are uh, raising these on this uh, mini lyre, which we uh, call the uh, UCD 60 uh, trellis. Uh, it's oriented 135 degrees uh, from north. Uh, the vineyard's uh, drip irrigated. We irrigated at like 65% of uh, crop demand. And then uh, since we have uh, three plant uh, panels, the middle plant got a stable isotope of uh, nitrogen at 15 kilograms uh, to the hectare to the uh, middle plant. And the neighboring plants also got the same amount, but without a stable uh, isotope, because uh, you know it's crazy expensive. So the experimental uh, design is this. Since these are uh, six-foot uh, space vines, we have 18-foot uh, of uh, canopy space uh, within each uh, experimental unit. Uh, they were homogenized to uh, 22 shoots uh, per vine. On these uh, 22 shoots per vine, uh, we removed uh, all the laterals. We kept 33% uh, of the fruit, 66% of the fruit, or 100% of the fruit, which is roughly uh, 45 clusters. We kept 33% of the leaves, 66% of the leaves, 100% of the leaves. It might seem uh, extreme, but uh, you guys don't work uh, as much as I do in uh, Napa, I guess. Uh, so we were uh, talking with the winemakers, and I asked them, like, describe me your uh, ideal uh, canopy. What would it look like? And uh, this is what, uh, you know, some of them uh, described, uh, and uh, they said, like, I should be able to throw a cat through it. I want that much uh, exposure. So I won't say uh, who it is. It's a famous uh, winemaker, but uh, you know this is uh, the uh, most extreme treatment. Thirty-three percent of the fruit remained, two-thirds of the uh, leaves removed, and uh, this is a uh, hundred percent of the fruit remained. Hundred percent of the uh, leaves remained, with uh, only laterals uh, being removed. And this is uh, how the uh, treatments were uh, applied uh, when the canopies uh, fill out. So this is a uh, thirty-three by thirty-three. This is a uh, hundred by a hundred. So, of course, uh, when you change these uh, ratios, you're going to change uh, how much uh, carbon uh, you're putting into the system. And, uh, you know, watch this uh, very carefully. Solid, dark green is 100% of the leaves, 100% of the fruit. Dashed is 100% of the leaves, 33% of the fruit. From the beginning of the uh, season, the undercrop and uh, overexposed uh, vines have the uh, highest photosynthetic uh, mechanism uh, built, okay? When I uh, separate them out, 
well, this is the effect of uh, defoliation. The less leaves I have, the less amount of uh, fruit I have, the uh, vine is, uh, you know, uh, in high gear, uh, trying to put on uh, as much uh, carbon into the uh, system uh, as they can. Conversely, the uh, effect of uh, crop load uh, does not uh, reveal itself probably uh, till about uh, when uh, Verizon starts, and the uh, differences are uh, minimal. The leaf area that you retain on the vine determines the amount of uh, carbon fixation you do, not the amount of uh, fruit you retain on the vine. Likewise, since uh, this is a stomatal conductance, so for lack of a better term, I'm going to say this is leaf area determines uh, plant water status. Stom stomata are uh, invaginated uh, openings on the uh, underside of the leaves. They uh, modulate uh, gas exchange uh, for the uh, uh, plants. We are seeing the same response. The 100% of the leaves, 100% of the fruit, these guys are just uh, cruising. And uh, in fact, they are the uh, you know, uh, least uh, open stomates uh, that we have. Conversely, uh, when I remove uh, the uh, leaves, the uh, uh, vines are uh, you know, uh, going into a uh, high gear, and uh, the uh, stomates are open trying to uh, exchange uh, gas uh, in this case. And uh, the effect of crop load is uh, essentially uh, minimal. Again, leaf area determines uh, plant water uh, status. Then we looked at the amount of our reserves in the plant. Um, the amount of our reserves, uh, this is the uh, root starch in the uh, tissue and the uh, roots. So we started uh, right after our harvest, starting in uh, November to uh, next November. This is uh, quite uh, interesting. 100% of the leaves, 100% of the fruit, 100% of the leaves, 33% of the fruit. These guys were uh, you know, putting on uh, you know, quite a bit of uh, starch by harvest and then uh, last week of the uh, season. Conversely, 33% of the leaves, regardless of the amount of uh, fruit you have on it, did not catch up to the you know, uh, root starch uh, reserves till the uh, uh, last week in the uh, year, which is uh, 30th of uh, October. So again, uh, we determined that our uh, leaf area determines the uh, plant reserves, not the amount of fruit. So the uh, old uh, saying that uh, you know, I'm removing uh, fruit to uh, you know, uh, keep up uh, with the uh, plant's reserves for the uh, next year is not correct. Because uh, leaf area and uh, fruit determine the uh, speed of our uh, ripening. So I'm only plotting the extreme treatments here, 33% to 100%, 66 is actually in the middle. As the dates go by, the soluble solids change, right? The grape is you know, accumulating sugar. In this case, you see that you know, both leaf area and the amount of fruit we have on it is affecting this. Because the time to reach a desired bricks is uh, determined by the source to a uh, sink ratio because leaf area alone does not explain the amount of uh, sugar uh, we're able to accumulate in the uh, berry. These are uh, starting to act as like a uh, strong uh, sinks and then uh, they will uh, affect the uh, speed of uh, ripening. Because uh, we're seeing uh, self-adjustments of uh, yield due to uh, carbon starvation in this case, the, uh, f the way uh, these are uh, set up is 100% uh, of leaves, 66% of leaves, 33% of leaves, 100% of fruit, 66% of fruit, 33% of the fruit. Of course, as we remove our crop, uh, we're going to reduce the uh, yields, but uh, you know, we see this uh, consistently uh, over the course of the uh, years. Smaller canopies live to, uh, lead to uh, lower yields. Because berry size is determined by our leaf area, 
not fruit. <coughs> here's very fresh mass, and uh, here's the uh, dates. When I uh, plot them out uh, separately, these are the uh, leaf removal uh, treatments. 33% of the uh, leaf area has the uh, least amount of uh, uh, berry mass compared to uh, 66 or 100. The amount of uh, fruit you keep on the vine uh, has as essentially uh, no effect on the uh, berry mass. Because berry sizes are determined by our leaf area, because when you uh, plot a yield to a berry fresh mass, this is autocorrelated, but leaf area relates uh, very well to a berry fresh mass. So I've been working with uh, mechanical uh, vineyard management for about uh, 10 years now. We have always seen a berry fresh mass uh, decline uh, when we uh, switch over to uh, mechanical management. And this is uh, mainly due to uh, sink competition from uh, growing points and the number of uh, berries uh, that we're able to retain with uh, mechanical management. So the question I get asked, uh, you know, very commonly is like, well, we have a contract for, uh, you know, three and a half tons. This guy's uh, saying he's going to deliver us uh, six tons. Should I reject the fruit? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, like, it's up to you. But yields per plant are not a reliable uh, yardstick to assess uh, quality of uh, fruit. So this is the uh, yields in uh, Napa in uh, 2017, and these are the yields in uh, 2018. Everyone uh, essentially had a bumper crop. So we went from uh, four kilos, roughly uh, you know, 10 pounds of uh, yield, to about uh, seven kilos, roughly about uh, you know, uh, 16 uh, pounds uh, per plant, a 60% uh, increase year over uh, year. And this is uh, how our uh, treatments uh, fared in uh, 2017 versus, versus uh, 2018. Although yields are uh, different, the source sink uh, ratio should be uh, maintained, and uh, that's how uh, you know, our fruit came in uh, as beautifully as uh, it did this year, although our uh, yields were about 60% uh, greater. In uh, either case, uh, we were uh, hitting our uh, targets between uh, 0.65 to uh, 1.23 uh, leaf air to fruit ratio, or uh, 5 to 10. Of course, uh, we have the uh, extremes uh, in our uh, trials. Here's how the uh, soluble solids uh, fare. Uh, these are uh, mostly uh, affected uh, by the uh, you know, leaf area we keep on the uh, vines, and then uh, they uh, are also uh, conditioned by the amount of uh, fruit we keep on the uh, vines. So the speed of uh, ripening is uh, influenced by uh, both leaf area and the amount of uh, fruit we keep on. And then uh, this has probably been the uh, most uh, surprising uh, result uh, we got from this uh, study. Cluster berry thinning did not uh, improve our anthocyanin uh, content in Cabernet Sauvignon. So this is 2017. So here's some uh, untreated uh, commercially uh, managed uh, vines that we uh, also uh, kept uh, in the uh, replicated uh, fashion. 100% of leaves, 66% of leaves, 33% of leaves. 100% of fruits, 66% of fruits, 33% of the fruit. In every case, the more crop we removed, we ended up with a uh, less anthocyanin uh, content. When I uh, plot them out uh, separately, as I uh, remove uh, leaves, I can uh, you know, see a slight increase in uh, anthocyanin uh, content, but the uh, decrease in uh, anthocyanin content the, uh, with the uh, more amount of uh, fruit I removed was uh, even uh, more uh, greater. This is uh, 2018. Again, uh, we see the same thing. Regardless of uh, you know, leaf uh, area, I'm seeing uh, you know, a steady uh, decline in the uh, amount of uh, anthocyanins I see. 
and then uh, here I'm uh, plotting the uh, try to uh, dihydroxylated uh, ratio of uh, anthocyanins, a measure of uh, stability of these uh, compounds to uh, oxidation. This is also uh, declining uh, with the uh, amount of uh, fruit I uh, remove uh, from the uh, plant. When we all uh, looked at the uh, tannin or uh, proanthocyanidins, this is a uh, seed and uh, skin uh, proanthocyanidins. Leaf removal uh, decreased, fruit removal uh, increased uh, tannin content, and uh, we worked uh, quite a bit on uh, uh, proanthocyanin uh, chemistry the uh, last uh, couple of years. We have seen uh, molecular mass uh, increases with uh, tannin uh, content as we uh, uh, removed uh, more fruit. So we were getting uh, a lot more uh, harsher uh, tannins uh, in this uh, case that were not necessarily as uh, sticky or did not have a tactile uh, sensation. And then uh, uh, <laughs> we looked at the uh, carryover uh, effects. So uh, we rented a backhoe. Uh, here's Johan uh, digging, digging, and uh, here's uh, Cliff digging. And they finally said, uh, these should be shallow graves for you for uh, making us uh, dig up 108 plants. So we uh, looked at uh, root weight, trunk weight, and then uh, total uh, pruning weight. In uh, either case, uh, uh, leaf area was the uh, determining uh, factor on the uh, carryover uh, effects of uh, you know, how uh, cropping uh, is uh, affecting uh, these vines, not the amount of fruit we carry. Uh, percent bud break in the following season was uh, affected by the uh, leaf area. Uh, the time to reach uh, Verazon was uh, affected by the uh, leaf area. Percent flowering was uh, affected by the uh, leaf area. And uh, percent uh, leaf senescence was uh, strongly uh, conditioned by the uh, presence or uh, absence of uh, leaf area, not with the amount of uh, fruit. So, in our case, in uh, Tokolon, in uh, Oakville uh, AVA, uh, which is quite warm, it's 4,000 uh, growing degrees. Uh, you know, I thought uh, I'd uh, move away from Fresno, you know, hang out, uh, you know, in our uh, long sleeve shirts in uh, Oakville. It's not true. It's still hot. Berry size and yield are more sensitive to a canopy size, more so than a crop load or uh, irrigation. Small canopies are uh, more likely uh, reducing our uh, plant reserves than uh, overcropping. The challenge for uh, maintaining and uh, increasing yields is uh, controlling our uh, big canopies uh, early in the season. And this is the uh, you know, uh, situation uh, we will have uh, this year with the amount of uh, precipitation that uh, we had. But climate might be on our uh, side for now, uh, especially in uh, northern uh, California. We're not seeing uh, as much uh, degradation here as we see in uh, 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 south of uh, Sacramento County. So our findings at the uh, Oakville station uh, so far, the canopy size and uh, shape conditions uh, the uh, photosynthesis and uh, sugar-induced growth. This uh, makes a plant-reduced uh, carbon pool. This plant-reduced uh, carbon pool uh, conditions uh, berry enlargement and sugar allocation, and this is what determines uh, berry size. Berry size then uh, conditions uh, dilution of uh, soluble solids and the osmotic uh, potential within the berry. Only then uh, we start seeing the uh, abscisic acid uh, precursors and uh, other uh, molecular uh, effects uh, triggering uh, ripening, therefore uh, soluble solids accumulation. We see the uh, effects of our uh, water deficits uh, more so on our uh, berry size than uh, on our uh, ripening, and our crop load control is uh, you know, somewhat uh, related to other ripe grape traits, such as our uh, flavonoids, our uh, volatile aromas, and our uh, flavors, but uh, our uh, data indicates uh, over the last uh, two years that uh, everything is uh, you know, controlled by our uh, canopy size and our uh, shape. So 
the studies are still going on. Uh, we're still looking at the uh, nitrogen uh, use efficiency and our nitrogen movement within the uh, perennial and our annual organs. It's not a very efficient system. Uh, in uh, northern uh, California, we're seeing that uh, you know if you apply 100 pounds of uh, actual nitrogen to the soil, only 20%, 21% of it uh, gets into the plant. It's not an efficient system. And how it's uh, you know divvied up within the plant is uh, also conditioned by the uh, leaf area. So we're looking uh, more closely at our secondary metabolites, the volatile uh, aromas on fruit. That's why I was uh, late getting here uh, last night. We were running the uh, methoxypyrazines. And uh, we also looked at the efficiency of the uh, photosystem uh, in these cases, because these rows are uh, you know, planted at 135 uh, degrees from true north, and they're under a tremendous uh, heat and uh, light load. So we're looking at the uh, you know, uh, response of uh, you know, these leaves to these uh, you know, uh, tremendous uh, conditions. Uh, the wines were uh, made, and uh, we're relating these to the uh, nitrogen uh, fertility uh, that we're seeing in these uh, uh, soils and then the uh, carryover uh, effects of the uh, current seasons uh, will continue to be uh, assessed. A lot of people uh, go through my uh, labs. Uh, so Johan uh, has been uh, running this uh, trial uh, with uh, Cliff uh, recently. And I'd like to thank uh, American Vineyard Foundation and uh, Groth uh, Wines for uh, funding uh, this study. Do I have time for uh, questions or did I go over my time again? I got two minutes for questions. Like everything was crystal clear except for Glenn. <laughs> okay, what do we tell growers? What do you tell growers? In uh, warm regions, the question is uh, what do you tell growers? <laughs> what do you tell growers? If you have a healthy uh, leaf area that's not uh, overbearing, I would uh, avoid uh, removing uh, leaves. And then uh, plants are uh, able to uh, carry. Uh, the uh, flowers uh, that they uh, put on, if you uh, you know uh, follow them uh, closely. So, uh, a lot of people say uh, crop load uh, you know measurements don't work, but uh, in fact uh, they do work uh, very well. I did not show the uh, methoxypyrazine uh, data, although we're able to uh, optimize uh, anthocyanin content, uh, etc. The same uh, uh, enzyme uh, also codes for uh, methoxypyrazine uh, biosynthesis, right? Plus uh, anthocyanins and uh, methoxypyrazines. So when these are uh, all uh, upregulated, it will take uh, longer for uh, methoxypyrazines to uh, degrade later on with these uh, you know, high crop load uh, situations because we were reaching uh, crop loads uh, close to, uh, you know, in this case, uh, 12 and a half tons to the acre in uh, Oakville. If you wait till about uh, you know, 25 bricks, everything uh, degrades. But uh, you know, people are starting to uh, pick uh, earlier now at like uh, 23 uh, bricks, 24 bricks. But uh, if you can uh, wait another uh, two weeks, you can uh, still bring in a full crop load without uh, any uh, 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 green flavor uh, aromas in warm climates. In our next program, UC adjunct professor Kendra Baumgartner of the USDA ARS We'll talk about trunk diseases. The Vine Line is produced in association with the Lake County Wine Grape Commission, the UC Davis Department of Viticulture and Enology, and the UC Cooperative Extension. I'm Bill Grudy. We'll see you next time.